Hello and welcome to Recovery Survey, the podcast where we survey recovering addicts with different backgrounds and different links of clean time and ask them questions about different recovery topics. I'll be your host, Brett. Let's go ahead and get the episode started. Today we're going to be talking about honesty. I know for me in the beginning, I really struggled with that self-honesty, getting real with myself and seeing the condition that my life was in and being willing to admit that I was an addict. Like I struggled with that quite a bit because on one hand, I still had some material things. Like I wasn't sleeping under a bridge. I wasn't selling myself to get dope. Like there were, there were certain things and and it alludes to it in the basic text that our information about addiction comes from misinformed people. I was a misinformed person when I first found the rooms and I didn't consider myself an addict. And it took me a while to get to the point where I could admit to myself that self-honesty that, yeah, I'm an addict. I have a problem and I need help. And that, and that's the first, that's the, that's part of step one is getting to that point where I can see for myself that, yeah, I'm an addict. Yeah. I need help. And then saying I need help. People over the years have told me like, Hey, you have a problem or you need to stop but it wasn't until I could get honest with myself and realize, yeah, I do have a problem that help then became available for me. One of the other elements of honesty that we hear talked about a lot is that cash register honesty, where if we're at the gas station and the cashier gives us too much money back, we're honest and say, hey, I think you gave me the wrong change and we don't take advantage of that situation. But for the most part, what we're going to focus on today is self-honesty, being able to look at myself, both the good and the bad, and get an honest picture of what my life looks like, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, and go from there. Now, let's talk to some other recovering addicts and see what their perspective is on honesty. Hi, my name is Eddie. I'm an addict. My clean date is August 31st, 2010. Honesty for me wasn't something easy to do. At a very young age, I started being dishonest. And it was with a big secret that I had in my life that was very painful, that caused a lot of shame and guilt. When my family had asked me about a particular incident, I denied it. And that was you know, where my dishonesty began. And I know later in childhood, you know, my mom had asked me to be dishonest, whether it was with the neighbors or with people coming over and selling products to her through the door. And so being dishonest was something that was taught by my parents, by my mom especially, and and it's something that I did throughout my childhood into adulthood. And it caused a lot of pain you know, having secrets. It didn't help me at all. It just made things worse throughout my childhood and adulthood. The first time that I was honest was when I walked into the rooms, or actually prior to me walking into the rooms was when I told my family that I was still using because I was lying to them and telling them that I wasn't getting high, that I wasn't using drugs. And when the shit hit the fan, that was the first time that I was finally being honest is when I told them like, yes, I'm still getting high. Yes, I can no longer keep this from you guys. Yes, this is a problem for me. That was the first admission was for me telling my family about me still using and getting high. And when I walked into the rooms, 
when I said it in a meeting, in an actual setting with other addicts, is saying, my name is Eddie and I'm an addict. There was so much relief with the admittance of being an addict because I felt like I no longer had to lie to anybody about what, what was going on in my life. That was my first glimpse of some type of freedom in my life. It was something very powerful for me because for the longest time, to be dishonest and always lie as a kid and into adulthood and to finally be able to say, this is what I've been doing and yes, I'm an addict, that felt great. That, that's something that I'd never experienced before. And like I mentioned earlier, it, it, there was this freedom behind it. When I was new in the program and I'm hearing other people share during meetings, I would hear people say, you're only as sick as your secrets. And I was very fortunate that I found a sponsor, somebody who I can trust and pretty much talk to them about everything. And I think that's really important as a newcomer. Like I didn't have the opportunity to interview a, a potential sponsee. I didn't have the opportunity to hear other members share and be like, okay, I want that person to be my sponsor. Um, somebody said, you know, call this person, ask them if they'll sponsor you. And I took a leap of faith and just called them up and I said, hey, can you sponsor me? And they said, yes. Well, I was very fortunate that with this sponsor that I was able to be honest with him. And how that relationship grew was where I would share something about my past or what I did, and he shared something about his past, and that's how we begin to build that trust. When I would hear people in the meeting say, you're only as sick as your secrets, like I trusted um, Richard, and I would tell him pretty much every single thing that I did, and I did not hold back. And the reason why I did that, because I had a tremendous amount of fear of relapsing. I would share with him everything that went through my head. At the time, I didn't know it was the disease thinking, my disease thinking. It was just these voices in my head, as I, as I would refer to them, that would tell me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy of getting clean, that I'm a piece of shit, that nobody cares, that I'm worthless that I'll never amount to anything. These are the things that I would hear in my head and that I would share with my sponsor. And I was completely honest about how I felt, which was something very, very new to me, something different. It was something that I was willing to do in order to, to stay clean, because this is what I would hear in the room saying that you need to be honest about what's going on in your head. And I did that because also I didn't want to feel like I was still sick. So I, I would share all my six secrets with my sponsor. And that's who the, the first person that I developed to have an honest relationship with. And that was very important to me. Because for such a long time, all I did was be dishonest. And that was the first person that I felt comfortable being honest with, where I wasn't afraid that they were going to pass judgment on me, look at me weird or run away. That to me was my relationship with Richard. And I, and I had that trust with him. You know, and, and I'm very grateful for that. Through um, working the steps, I started to grow and change and understand what, you know, what, what honesty is. It's about me revealing myself without being afraid of what you're going to think about me. And, you know, that has taken some time because it did spread real deep into my recovery with my childhood and, and adulthood that 
I was afraid of even being honest with other people other than my sponsor because the the type of addict that I was is that I had this self-centered fear that wanted me to control whatever you thought about me or what you would say about me or what you would think about me. And I would try to control that by only telling you certain things about myself. Like I would tell you this much of the story, but it wasn't the real honest story behind it, right? Because I wanted you to look at me in a certain way. And through the step work is where I learned to not be afraid of expressing how I feel or to be honest about what really goes on in my head. And, you know, that has taken some time, but I can say that through this step working process, that growth, that change has happened where I can tell you, yes, I'm a recovering addict. Yes, I go to meetings. Yes, I have a sponsor. Yes, I have sponsees, you know, and yes, this is what's going through my head. And I still practice that today without having that fear that somehow you're going to pass judge me or walk away. Because today it's like, I don't care. I have trust and faith in my higher power. And I know that I don't pay attention to my disease that tells me that people are going to be talking about you, period. Like, I don't even care. It's not even my business. So, you know, that honesty is really important to me. And the living the program in the basic text, I want to share with you guys, it says, rigorous honesty is the most important tool in learning to live for today. Although honesty is difficult to practice, it is the most rewarding. And this is the best part where it says honesty is the antidote to our disease thinking. So I have to learn to get comfortable with being honest with not only with my sponsor, but with the people that I invite to part of my life. And even the ones that, I, that may not be close to me, I still have to learn how to be honest with them and express to them how I feel, especially in the rooms. Like if I'm a newcomer and I'm not being honest and telling people that I'm doing good when in reality... I may look good or sound good on the outside, but deep down inside, I may be suffering and asking for help, but I just don't know how to do it or I just don't want to do it. And I need to make sure that I, that I reach out because people cannot help you in the program if they do not know where you are. I know that for, for me in the beginning, I had to ask for that help. I had to humble myself and ask for help and let people know where I am, invite people in into my life to speak into my life you know, in order for the, this honesty to work. And, and I'm really grateful for that, that I have people today in my life that I surround myself with that um, love me enough to, to be honest and tell me the truth about myself in order for me to get better. And that's very important that I surround myself with those type of people versus the people that are going to co-sign my bullshit and not help me to get better and just be like, well, well you know, you're fine. At least you're not using which is to me is just an excuse to consider acting out and, and where's the recovery in that. So it's really important that I surround myself with those people that are honest with me because it works both ways. I need to be honest to tell people how I feel or what's going on in my head. And I would hope that they would do the same in return to point out things to me that I don't see myself so that I can address it. I mean, as far as my understanding, well, let me start off by saying I'm no licensed psychiatrist or therapist or anything like that. You know, what, what I'm speaking on is just from my experience alone when it comes to open-mindedness, willingness, and, and everything else that, that comes with being honest with, you know, what we go through or what I went through as far as my addiction and all that. You know, it started off with honesty, 
when after 23 years of being an addict, I had to really understand what being honest was really meant. It, it meant to me that I had to be willing to understand that I was an addict and I had a problem that I had been lying to myself for so many years saying that, like many of us say, that I got this under control, that I can control this and I can quit whenever I want and this doesn't have a hold of me and it's not ruining my life. And, you know, when it came down to it, it hit me like a freight train that I had no control. It was taking over every aspect of my life. It was taking over anything that had to do with living, period. I had to be really honest with myself. And that really is twofold because by being honest with myself, I had to openly say out loud, I'm an addict and I have an issue. And I think that's where a lot of people are struggling nowadays that are, that are still addicts and are struggling with this, this problem is that they're not being really honest with themselves. The drugs blind them to the point where they feel that they don't have an issue. And I had to really sit back and openly say, I have a problem. I had to not just say it to myself, but admit it to everybody else in my life. When I thought I was hiding it, and when I thought I was getting away with it, that I was a quote-unquote functioning addict, I really wasn't. It was really liberating. When I, was, when I finally got honest with myself and with my addiction, it was the most liberating thing that I could sit there and say that I was an addict and I had a problem and I could call my family and say, I need help being honest with them and, and that's like i said that's where a lot of people have a problem is they don't feel they need the help they feel they can take this on on their own they th they feel they can stop on their own they feel that this has no control over their life and being honest is honestly the first step on a road to recovery honesty has been a learning process for me because before I came in the rooms, I was used to being so dishonest that, you know, I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to practice honesty today because that's something that didn't come natural to me at first. I just was so used to living in a different secret world where I had to lie constantly. And even like at a younger age, I felt like I had to lie and think. So, you know, to come into the rooms and learn the spiritual principle of honesty in all areas of my life, like not just little white lies and things like that and being honest about who I am and right now the stuff I'm working on is, you know, knowing my assets and my defects and, you know, realizing that being honest that I do have some assets that for a long time I didn't feel like I did. So for me, it's been a journey to be honest is, which I'm, I'm sure you can understand as far as just learning how to be honest and just starting with something that I may think is a little white lie and being honest in that area and being honest with myself and being honest with my sponsor and another, you know, recovering addict. I'm not quick to lie anymore about things. It starts to come more natural as I practice it and continue to try to, to be honest in all areas of my life. For honesty, 
You have to be honest with yourself that you have a problem. My honesty, like, when I became honest with myself, it was kind of like when I had my spiritual awakening. Some really bad stuff had happened at work, and I could have died, but instead um, I just got robbed and left in the middle of nowhere. And that was kind of my wake-up call, like, all right, look, I need to change my life. I had to be open-minded to the fact that I could recover from drugs. I was, like, really scared of it, like, scared of being clean, because I really did not want to feel any of those feelings that I had been, like, shoving down, you know, and trying to avoid what you do when you're in active addiction. And then I had to be willing to do whatever I had to do to get clean. And since then, I quit heroin and cocaine seven years ago this February. I did go to Suboxone, though, but I have two years and I think like eight months of complete abstinence. June 6th will be my three-year anniversary of abstinence. And with that, I had to be open-minded to what like my counselors were talking about when I was in treatment. I had to be willing to listen to them. Now that I am in recovery, my husband and I both live our recovery at face value. We live it out loud. We are honest with anybody and everybody about the fact that we are recovering addicts, what we used. We have no problem sharing our story, and we're honest about everything that we did. I honestly am not ashamed of, like, what happened because it happened. I did it. There's no point in being ashamed now because I wasn't then, so I can't be now. I willingly share everything that happened to me, the good and the bad, everything that has happened to me since I joined recovery, how much better my life has become, how much happier I am. If I wouldn't have been honest with myself or open-minded or willing to the fact of recovery and what all it offered me, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today. I've discovered what my purpose is because of my recovery. It makes me want to reach out and help other people try to be a light in the darkness and give them a hand up into recovery and let them know that, you know, as long as they're willing to do whatever it takes to stay clean, you have to be honest with yourself if, you, if you're if you starting to, like, go down that road of relapsing mentally before you physically relapse, that, hey, maybe I should reach out and talk to somebody before this happens. You have to be willing to fight for it. No matter what it takes, you have to be willing to put your recovery above everything else. Because it's the most important thing, and other than, you know, a relationship with your higher power, but without your recovery, everything else just disappears. You lose it if you lose your recovery. So you've got to put that first. You've got to be willing to fight for it and do whatever it takes to stay clean. Well, Christy and I's recoveries are a little bit, a little bit different, even though we've been together almost 20 years now. As far as honesty... Going back to before we found our sobriety and our recovery, I was very honest with my wife that it was time for a change, and she fought me tooth and nail for probably six to eight weeks before she finally had her spiritual, spiritual awakening. awakening. So for that that six to eight weeks, I still had to con I still continued to use because she wasn't ready to be done. And as hard as I tried for her, can't force anybody into recovery. That was a rough time during that little stint, especially with what happened with her awakening, as she calls it, because she's lucky that she got out of that with her life. 
there's a very real possibility that I could have lost her that night. So moving on into your sobriety, you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, if you're struggling, you have to be willing to say that I'm struggling. You can't be embarrassed that you're having a rough day or we all have rough days. We all have rough times, but we have to fight for our sobriety. My name's Kevin. I'm an addict. I'm going to talk about honesty. So I'd like to start with a little passage in our basic text. It's in the chapter just for today. And it says three basic spiritual principles are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. These are the how of our program, H-O-W. The initial honesty that we express is the desire to stop using. Next, we honestly admit our powerlessness and the unmanageability of our lives. Rigorous honesty is the most important tool in learning to live for today. Although honesty is difficult to practice, it is most rewarding. Honesty is the antidote to our diseased thinking. Our newly found faith serves as a firm foundation for courage in the future. So when I got clean, I lied even when the truth would serve me better. I lied automatically. Everything that I said was a lie. That's the way that I had learned how to live. That's the way that I had learned how to survive. That's the way that I had learned how to get what I need. And it's the only thing that I had. And then I got here, and one of the first things that I heard was rigorous honesty. I didn't really know what that meant. I understood what they were trying to say to me, but I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know how much dishonesty ruled my life. So I love what it says here. The initial honesty that we express is the desire to stop using. That's not something I walked in the door with. And even after my first meeting, I didn't have a desire to stop using. Now, I didn't tell you that. I kept that to myself. You know, again, I'm not completely honest. I didn't know that if I had a desire to stop using, what I had was a desire to stop being in pain. What I had was a desire to stop living the way that I was living. That's all I had. I wanted relief. So that one took me some time. Uh, it took me some time to get to a place where I could honestly say, I don't want to use anymore. Now, you know, when people early on would say, I don't want to use anymore ever again uh, for the rest of my life, anything I couldn't, that was too much. I, I finally got to the place where I could say, I don't want to use today. I had reservations in the beginning. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if my dad dies? What, what happens if I get married? What happens if, you know, I have a kid and they're, they're deformed, right? I'm 19 years old. Uh, there was no prospect of me having any kids, right? But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that I held on to. And again, I was so deluded in my thinking that I didn't really see that dishonesty for what it was. That took me some time. It took me some time to come to that place where I could begin to start seeing that dishonesty. And the thing that did it for me was one, having a sponsor and talking to my sponsor regularly, and two, going to meetings and talking all the time. I would go to meetings 
And I was afraid that I wouldn't sound as good as that dude over there. Right. I was afraid that people would think I was an idiot. I was afraid that people would think back in the old days, we called them lops. People would think I was lame and stupid. Right. And so I wouldn't say anything. You know, my sponsor would say, you need to share in meeting. Yeah, but I don't. You need to share in meeting. Yeah, but I don't. You know what? Just open your mouth and say who you are. And if that's all you do, then that's where you start. Right. And so I started sharing and meeting. It's as honestly difficult to practice, right? That became practice. And so little by little I would I would try to tell the truth about myself because that's what I started seeing other people do. They were telling the truth about themselves, right? And and oftentimes in a way that was like shocking to me. I mean, I they would say things, you know, that they thought or that they felt or that they did that I thought and felt and did, but I'm not, nobody's ever going to know that. Right. And they would say that stuff out loud. So I began to practice honesty. Next, we honestly admit our powerlessness and the unmanageability of our lives. That one, that took me a lot longer because early on I could admit, you know, I, I came to a point where I could admit that the drugs were killing me and they were a problem and that I needed to stop. That much I could get. But this idea that I'm powerless, that my life is unmanageable by me, that took me a lot longer. I had to go and have experiences. I had to go and have clean experiences. I had to go and have experiences in recovery. I had to go to work. I had to go have relationships. I had to go interact with my parents and my family in doing all that stuff and then going back and sharing with my sponsor, going back and sharing with other friends. Then slowly but surely, I began to see the exact ways that my life was powerless, right? That I was powerless and that my life was unmanageable. That doesn't mean that I got it all at once, right? I mean, that was still a struggle. That was still practice, but I kept at it. Over time, I was able to admit that, yeah, I'm powerless. And that's still true today. I mean, that's something that, you know, I still struggle with today, 42 years later, that I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable by me. One of the things that happened is I would go to meetings with my sponsor. You know, we were at some meeting and there was some pretty girl and after the meeting and I'm talking to this girl and I'm going, yeah, talking out of the side of my neck, right? And I went back and my sponsor said something like, what did you say? And, and I told the truth. I played music at the time. And so, you know, I'm telling this girl, oh, yeah, this and that and the other. And I'm all about this and blah, blah, blah. My sponsor said, is that true? And I said, well, kind of. And my sponsor said, you march your ass right back over to that girl and you tell her that you lied to her and you tell her the truth. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You can't be serious. But at that time, I did what my sponsor told me to do. Right. And so I did it. I went back over there and man, it was humiliating and uh, embarrassing. 
And I told that girl, I was like, well, look, I, I do play music, but actually at the moment, I don't have a band and I'm not doing anything and I'm not famous and I'm not making lots of money, you know, whatever it was, I told the truth. So what I started to learn is that this rigorous honesty that we talk about is about me. When I'm working, my boss calls me and I'm sitting here at my desk in my home or in my hotel room or wherever I'm at, and I'm in my underwear. I haven't shaved and I haven't taken a shower. I'm not telling him that, right? He doesn't need to know that. And and it doesn't that doesn't matter, right? But that's not what we're talking about. I need to know the truth. You know, when I had to go and confront my lies with my sponsor in meetings with people like that girl, what started happening is I started seeing how much I lie to me, how much I delude myself. And so when we say rigorous honesty is the most important tool in learning to live for today, that's what we're talking about, right? I got to be honest with me. I can't deceive myself. I can't deny what the disease of addiction has done to me. I can't deny that I can't successfully use drugs, right? I can't deny that I don't have any power. I don't have the power to manage my life. The more that I become rigorously honest with me, the more I see that stuff clearly. And the more I practice it, the more it becomes embedded in me. So that now it's it's automatic, right? And instead of what used to be automatic, I lied even when the truth would serve me better. Now it's automatic that I tell the truth. And so even in situations like with my boss or, you know, things like that, and I got to go, oh, 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 wait, hey, he doesn't need to know all that. Your sponsor needs to know all that. Your brothers and sisters in the meeting, they need to know all that. But your boss, he doesn't need to know that, right? That's how automatic it is these days. And so when it says honesty is the antidote to our diseased thinking, that's what it's talking about, right? My, my diseased thinking tells me that I can get away with this or I can get away with that. And eventually, if unchecked, I let all that stuff just go and go and go. Well, then eventually my disease thinking is going to tell me that having a beer is going to be OK or, or, or having a joint is going to be OK. Right. So honesty, rigorous honesty is the antidote to that kind of thinking. It cures that kind of thinking, right? It still comes along every now and then. I'm not pure as the driven snow by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, rigorous honesty is the antidote. Although honesty is difficult to practice, it is most rewarding. Everything in this program, everything in these 12 steps is about practice, right? I thought there was a formula and that if you work the formula, then bam, you would be changed and completely different and healthy and happy and whole, right? Happy, joyous, and free. That's what I thought. Well, that's not how it works. I practice. And, you know, thank God, it's not for the rest of my life. Thank God it's not, you know, this whole month or this whole week. It's just for today. All I got to practice is today. The last sentence that I read, it says, our newly found faith serves as a firm foundation for courage in the future. And so that's what happens, right? I, ha I have this foundation of honesty in my life. I have this foundation 
of uh, rigorous honesty. And that led me through the steps and to a newfound faith. And what that does then is when I come upon situations that I haven't faced before, I don't have to struggle and I don't have to wonder, oh, my, how am I going to get through this, right? How am I going to make it through whatever this is? Well, I, I have courage now. When I got here, that was something I didn't have. And it's something that I didn't have for a long time in the rooms. But it's something I have now. I know that my faith proves to me that in every situation, in 42 years and 26 days, in every situation, everything worked out okay. And it did that because I was able to be honest with me. I have a faith and a power greater than me that I know will carry me through right? What does it say that we see people getting through things that they wouldn't get through before? And uh, where does that come from? That comes from a courage not their own. That's my take on the honesty part of honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And I hope it helps you, and I hope it uh, finds you well, and keep coming back. So my name is Will. I'm an addict. My experience with honesty, I struggled with that spiritual principle for a while. I just didn't understand it. it. I knew that it was more than just not stealing your stuff. I knew that it was more than just not lying to you. I kept hearing that it was one of the essential principles. And the beautiful part about you know my process of recovery is that I didn't really have to fully understand it. I just had to keep coming back. And eventually... Honesty came along and it started teaching me that I had to be honest with myself first, that it didn't matter if I was honest with you or not, as long as I was honest with myself, because from there, I was able to learn that I had to practice, you know, those principles in all my affairs, which meant that eventually I had to start getting honest with other people. I get to practice that outside of, you know, the program. I'm still able to be honest with other people in a loving, caring kind of way. It just carries on to other things in my life. It spills over, you know, to understand that honesty is an ongoing process, you know. I just can't say, okay, I'm completely honest because there's still a lot of things in me that I don't see, you know. And, and they surprise me sometimes. It's like, oh, wait, I'm actually this or I've been doing that or whatever the case is. On the same note, it, it also takes somebody else to tell me, you know, how good I'm doing sometimes because I, I don't see that. So today I'm spiritually recharged because I worked the first step again with my sponsor. And this time I'm working it on relationships. Today we went over my intention, right? Motives. And if my motives are not good, then I can almost guarantee that I'm going to be dishonest at some point in time. In a relationship, I think honesty is one of the important principles in their trust. I've had a hard time with it. Next month, by the grace of God, I'll be seven years clean. And it's something that I still struggle with. And I think that fear causes a person to be dishonest. It causes me to be dishonest. Fear of not wanting to hurt somebody. Or if I do something that I wasn't supposed to do, I don't want to get caught. So I lie, right? 
luckily I get the other tools of the program, which allow me to go back and, and fix, you know, some of those moments that I end up messing up. It just feels really good to have been able to process that first step again. I got that spiritual awakening that I had the first time. Sometimes we can't see our own growth. Like it's on paper. I, I can see the growth now. You really don't really pay attention to your answers until you are reading the answers to your sponsor. And like only I know how honest I got. And it's a good feeling to be able to get fully honest. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good things that I've gotten just from practicing principles and working some steps. Can't really describe how just working some steps can translate into better life. Just stopping made things so much better. You know, whatever happens, I don't have to use regardless of how I feel. Enough people in recovery, I have heard them say that they've gone through really tough times and just not used, you know, and they, they were able to get through all that pain clean. And that gives me a lot of hope. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Survey. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a rating or a review. And please be sure to tell your friends about us. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we have a brand new website. It's recoverysurvey.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Brett. Thanks for listening.